Hello, how are you? I hope you're having a great day. I am chilling like a villain, broski, and uh, it's winter. It's February. We've made it. Can you believe it? I mean, the season is just flying by. I cannot believe that it is like January's gone. We're already one month into this year. I feel like it was Thanksgiving yesterday, but here we are. Um, Today's episode is on Dahlia tubers um, because even though we're not actively growing dahlias right now. Um, they are in our coolers, and we need to make sure that they're not dying. Um, they're not rotting. They're not turning to shit. Um, all very important uh, things to not happen. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, before we do that, we should probably do a, a effing intro. So uh, th- uh, this is the Between Me and Drew podcast. <laughs> with Clara Joyce Flowers. Thanks for being here. Uh, Clara Joyce Flowers is my specialty cut flower and foliage farm located in northwestern Illinois, United States. Um, Oh, this is fun. Um, I didn't realize how many people outside of the United States listen to this podcast. Um, There's a lot. There's a lot of people outside of the of the states uh people in belgium people in spain people in new zealand so if you are somewhere a hell of a lot cooler than northwestern illinois um thanks for being here i appreciate it it's kind of fun um anyway back to the intro uh clara joyce flowers yes so we are a foliage and flower farm located in northwestern illinois and, um, this is not a one man show by any stretch of the word. Um, I have an amazing group of people who work here alongside me. We all have our roles and things that we do really well. Um, and it does take a team to make this happen. So this, this team concept and mindset and mindset and mentality, um, really is, um, a huge part of our day-to-day operation um, when it comes to components and factors um, like Dahlia tuber quality and the environment that they're being stored in. Um, This is a very timely episode. Over the past few weeks, I've been getting uh, many emails and DMs um, about, you know, what's happening with my Dahlia tubers in storage how do I make them better? They're drying out. They're moldy, etc. Um, I I do have an episode um, that I've re- previously released, and let me just find this really quick. Um, where we talk about dahlias a lot. So, um, season one, episode seventeen, twenty eight. Um, 32, 39, 48, episode 48, that's the one, um, of season, okay, episode, season one, episode 48 is exclusively on how to store Dahlia tubers, okay, um, that one really, really breaks down our process step by step on how we do things, um, so I, I'm, I'm really encouraging you to go back to episode, season one, episode 48. 
it was published on uh, September 2nd of 2022. So go back and listen to that if you are, you know, brand new to Dahlia's. However, if you have done that and you've done the thing, um, what we're going to talk about is is what your tubers should look like at this point. Um, so right now, our dahlias are being stored. I'm pretty sure everything is divided at this point. Um, and we have our tubers stored in an environment that is uh, between 48 and 50 degrees. Um, so not super warm, not super cold. And um, they are stored divided in bulb crates filled with vermiculite. Um, they're not in a cooler, okay? We do have a relatively high humidity. Um, I am I inadequate uh, when it comes to knowing the humidity percentage of our space. Um, there is a lot of what we do that um, is done off of feel. Very, I'm very honest with you right now. And um, I can tell you that I will know when we are lacking humidity in our deli tuber storage space or when it is too wet because when it's too wet and too humid, um, you're going to have signs and you're, the same thing for when it's too dry. When it's too wet, you're going to see a lot of fungal presence. Um, when it's too dry, you're going to see your tubers drying out. Um, perfect example as to why I don't want you to get wrapped up in the actual percentage of humidity in the air is a couple weeks ago we had somebody email um, saying that they were storing their tubers in a cooler. The humidity in the air was 87% and their tubers were drying. Drying out, they didn't know what to do. 87% um, humidity seems like it would be high uh, because it's relatively close to 100. It's closer to 100 than it is zero. Um, but it's not high enough. And when you're dealing with tubers drying out and shriveling up, that's not necessarily something that you can reverse. Once your tubers are in storage, you can only slow that process of dehydration down. Um, and the way that you're going to do that is through either raising that humidity in the air, that ambient humidity, or introducing a media to localize that humidity. And if you're introducing a media at this stage in the game, once your tubers are already starting to shrivel, you need to make sure that that, that um, media is moistened um, because you don't want that media to continue to pull more moisture from the tubers in order for that humidity to become localized. What this means is that if this person already had vermiculite stored around or used vermiculite to, to you know, hold their tubers, um, they're going to need to moisten that vermiculite. So remove the tubers, moisten the vermiculite. Um, and there's a difference between moistened and wet. Um, moistened is going to 
moistened vermiculite, exactly, um, is still going to maintain that vermiculite structure. Um, it's not going to turn to mush or slop, um, and it should relatively easily slip through your fingers still. Uh, but it should not leave a dusty trail because if you take a handful of vermiculite and then you open up your hand and you let it slip through your fingers, there's going to be a layer of dust still left on your hand. If this was a nice moistened vermiculite, it should slip through your fingers and not leave a lot of that dust because those smaller dust particles should be um, rehydrated from the water that you've introduced and they are going to stick to the larger pieces of vermiculite. Once that process is done, um, and you've, you've achieved that, then you can repack your tubers. Um, now, you do not want wet vermiculite because if it is wet and it is clumpy and it's you know snowballing in your hand and it's making little turd burglars and it is kind of turning mucky, you've overdone it. You've got way too much water. Um, you're starting to force the air out of that structure. Um, and it's also important to remember that vermiculite is superheated clay. That's, that's how it's made. Um, so when you do reintroduce water to it and you do mix it and you are pushing that air out, you're really just making clay balls. Um, and that's not really helpful for anyone or what you want at all. Um, so keep that in mind. Another alternative to vermiculite is going to be wood chip, um, which works well. Um, my one hang up with wood chip is make sure that it is again, hydrated and moistened. Um, the one thing that I have found is, or one of the things that I've found is that with wood chip, the particle size is much, much larger than vermiculite. So they're going to have more air access to your tuber surface, which can be good if you are in a space with very, very high humidity, uh, but it can also not be a super great thing um, because that is going to um, basically allow a lot more airflow to dry your tuber back out. Um, I have seen people mix wood chip with vermiculite and moisten it, and it works great. Um, I've also seen people use a combination of uh, moistened peat moss and wood chip, which I think would work fine. Um, if you've watched some of our Instagram reels, you know that we are kind of constantly looking for alternatives to peat moss or things that we can use in place of peat moss or help extend uh, peat moss um, just because it's not a super renewable resource. Um, and even though that it is, you know, naturally derived from the earth and it's dug from bogs, it's not re re repleting itself um, at the rate that we're at, that we as society are using it. Um, so that is, you know, something important to keep in mind when thinking about, um, medias and different things, um, that we are using on a daily basis in, in our operations. Um, so that, that's my two cents on how to slow down that, uh, that drying out. 
if you're seeing some uh, fungal or mold presence, you know, this is a great time to really take care of that and nip that in the bud too. Um, if you're seeing some blue surface mold, it's fine. Calm down. Don't freak out. Um, I know that if you received tulip bulbs that had blue surface mold on, you'd probably be losing your shit and you'd be screaming to your bulb supplier and crying the end of the world, trying to get your money back. Um, but really it's not that big of a deal. Um, a very, very, very simple 10% bleach solution will take care of that right away. Um, or if you're wanting something that's a little more long-term, a more of a long-term fix, um, go ahead and treat your dahlia tubers with a uh, fungicide. A fungicidal dip works great. Um, it will kill whatever fungal presence you have already actively growing on the surface of your tuber, um, and it will also leave a residual coating um, that will kind of, you know, not let that happen again. Um, and it works great. It's wonderful. Um, there are many, many very simple, straightforward uh, fungicides that work on molds, which is what you want to target. Um, and most of them are available to to the everyday consumer. Um, a very common one that we use and have talked about on Instagram is Dacanil. Um, it was a, a, a fungicide that we would treat our ranunculus roots with in the beginning. Um, in the in the beginning times when everyone was saying that you had to do that part, and then I realized that you don't actually have to do that part all the time. Um, however, I still had a big, big bottle of it, so <laughs> that's when we started playing around with it. Um, and we would, you know, dip our amaryllis roots in dacanil when they would come in with some surface mold, and we would, you know, dip dahlia tubers, and we would dip blah, blah, blah. So handling those things in a very case-by-case instance or or mentality or thought process whatever the right word for that sentence was um is not a bad thing so don't lose your shit take it at at face value do what you got to do and keep moving okay um next thing that we've had problems with let's see um oh sometimes people (laughs) still haven't divided their tubers yet um so i think if you're in that boat it might be time to do that um, or start thinking about dividing your tubers and just wait until it's time to plant and then you freak out because it's not done and then you get behind the eight ball and then you get overwhelmed and then you never plant anything and then you call it quits. Um, not saying that's happened before. Um, but what I am saying is that if you are still sitting on clumps of tubers, let's take care of those. At this point in the season, I would venture to... Uh, say that the soil that was at one point, if it's still there, um, around, if it's not still there, around your tuber clumps, um, has probably dried up and shriveled a little bit. Um, and honestly, that's best case scenario. Um, we, I'm, and I'm speaking from experience here, we have a clay loam soil, which is lovely and wonderful and i would not trade it for the world um and because it does have a relatively high level of clay as it dries it constricts and it pulls away from the tuber and it makes cleaning the tubers a breeze a breeze um if you 
don't have that type of soil, which I'm sure many of you don't, um, and you're working with more of a sandy or more of a straight loam, um, a lot of that soil and that soil structure is going to basically just slough off the tuber and the clump. Um, but what we want to see happen is we, we still want to see some of that media around the clump because that will localize the humidity that's inside those tubers um, when these clumps are, you know, just chilling out somewhere that's frost free, hopefully. Um, if you're still sitting on clumps that have been in your uh, garage that has frozen, 35 times since the end of November, you can probably kiss that Dahlia tuber clump goodbye um, because it's probably no good anymore um, and has turned to a pile of mush because Dahlia tubers cannot freeze. Um, they lack the um, antifreeze structure <laughs> component of their cell, uh, cell walls. And um, once that tuber freezes and the water within that cell expands and it ruptures the cell wall, uh, you have uh, a dead tuber and that's no good. So let's say that didn't happen. Um, you, the first thing you're going to need to do to, to divide your tubers is to get that soil or that media off. Um, I probably would not suggest washing your tubers. Um, I know there are people who only ever wash their tubers and swear by that and that's fine because it works for them um i don't like to introduce more water to the clump um i it's more work it's another step yes it does give you a shiny clean product which is great and lovely and wonderful um but if you're working in a humid space or you're working in an area with high humidity um introducing more moisture to that can really really lend a hand to fungal problems um, and that's not something that we want to deal with right out of the gate when it comes to storing um, something that is not actively growing the reason I say that line um, is because you know when we're dealing with a plant that's outside in a field and it's growing and it's making new leaves and new foliage and it's doing the photosynthetic process and it's it's doing all those things a plant like that can handle a little bit of a fungal problem a little bit of a fungal presence because it's still actively growing it's making new tissue it's doing the thing and it's fine but when you're working with something that's not then then it's different um because your tuber sitting in storage struggling with a fungal problem is not making new foliage it's not photosynthesizing it's not making new proteins and new energy and and new carbohydrates because it only has access to what it has access to and what it has access to is stored inside that cell structure within that fancy dancy potato that you paid a shitload of money for so you got to really keep all of these things in mind when you're making decisions of, okay, do I introduce more moisture and wash this with a garden hose and have a pretty product? Or do I, you know, chip and like slough off as much soil as I can, have a decent looking product 
and run less of a chance of introducing um, a, a, a more conducive space for fungus? It's a question to ask yourself, something to keep in mind. So there you go. Once you kind of have that decision made and you've navigated that and you've got a cleaned off clump, then it's time to divide. Um, first thing we're going to do is cut the tips off of your dahlia tubers to make sure that you're not dealing with any center rot. Um, we cut the ends off of every single tuber that we have here because I can tell you from experience that center rot is not fun because you don't know until it's basically rotted out from the middle a dahlia tuber which introduces a lot of really yucky nasty humidity um, to that crate that it's being stored in and then it's rotted basically everything around it um, so not fun um, once you have your tips cut off, then you can start to divide. Um, the first thing that I usually like to do when dividing is crack that clump in half. Um, so that's going to be me shoving the tip of um, a shears into the crown of the plant and then uh, taking the other end or side of the shears and basically cutting that crown into two. Um, it's not glamorous. It's not super easy to describe <laughs> without a visual. Um, but you, you gotta take that one thing and make it two. So then you can take those two and you can make it four and then you can continue to break it down from there. Um, so, and a lot of this really truly does take experience of you getting in there, cutting up some tubers, hoping that you don't cut your hand open and then learning as you go. Things to keep in mind as you're dividing, um, make sure that you're including enough crown space um, for eyes to grow. If you've been holding your tubers in a very cold space, there's a really good chance that you're not going to see eyes at this point in the season. Um, but however, just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. Okay. Um, one thing that you can kind of do as a preventative to not having crown, not having eyes is just to leave ample crown space. Um, the crown of the tuber is going to be kind of that shared communal region that all of the, the tubers connect to. Um, that's, that's the crown. Okay. Um, and that's where your eyes are going to form as well. If you have good, good eyes in the sockets on your head, um, there are some things that you can look for that will kind of give you some hints that eyes are there. Um, if you're working with a cleaned off crown, um, you should see um, structures in the skin of the crown that look kind of like the wrinkles around a human eye is kind of the best way to describe it. Um, they should kind of be in like a circular form um, or like a like a teardrop form, uh, some varieties. And um, those wrinkles are, are going to uh, be where an eye will form. Um, you will have some varieties who will start to push eyes um, sooner than others. Um, so if that's the case, then that will give you an even better visual of what you should be looking for. 
Um, you'll know that you'll have an eye starting to push when you see um, a, like a pearly white uh, little nub start to emerge from the crown of your Dahlia tuber. Um, that's exactly what you want to see. That's where a new plant is going to form from. Um, and, um, oh, this always cracks me up. Oh gosh. Okay. So without a doubt, every year, um, we'll have someone reach out after tubers have been sent and, um, be very flustered (laughs) because one of the eyes that was growing from one of their tubers got broken off um, during transportation. If this happens to you, please do not freak out. There's no need to send me threatening emails. <laughs> There's, there is no reason for you to take to Facebook um, and uh, ask if you should demand a refund uh, because you, you're fine. Okay, um, that tuber basically has just had the eye pinched because it was, you know, broken off during transportation. Um, it is now, instead of just going to grow one shoot, it will grow two. So you've uh, actually um, had one of the one step done for you. So no need to freak out. Um, so again, for you, if you're dividing these and you, you know, accidentally break off or cut off um, an eye that was previously growing, you're fine. You are totally, totally fine. Um, no need to freak out at all. I promise. Um, but once you've got things divided, that's when you can start to store. Um, back in episode, what was it, 48 that we talked about? Uh, yeah, season one, episode 48. This whole, that whole episode is just talking about storing dahlias and how we do it and how we process our tubers. Um, so I'm not going to explain all of that again. You can just go back and listen to that. It's a resource that's there for you. Um, so at this point in the season, just checking in on your tubers, you want to see things that are looking hydrated. You know, if you've got a little bit of a wrinkling situation, don't freak out. We talked about things to do to kind of slow down that drying out process. Um, if you're seeing some fungal, some mold presence, again, don't freak out. It's just time to take care of that, treat it, learn from it, and move on. Um, at this point in the season, you just need to stay calm. Um, there's no reason for you to absolutely go batshit crazy and, and lose your mind um, over little things like some shrivel and some mold. Um, you really do want to also keep an eye on the environment that your tubers are being stored in. Um, if you're seeing very, very cold temperatures, which we usually do see during the month of February, um, here in zone five, uh, central Midwest, um, you are really going to need to keep an eye on that because freeze and tubers do not go hand in hand. Um, so really, really keep an eye on that, um, you would be very, very surprised at how much heat and, uh, chill, um, little, or how much heat little, like, milk house heaters can produce. Um, one or two little space heaters or milk house heaters do 
great at keeping the chill out of a space um, because you don't need to keep Dahlia tubers super, super warm. You just need to keep them from freezing. That's all that, that we're really going for. Um, also, um, one other thing to keep in mind that we've, I've not personally had to deal with, but someone else has, um, is if you lose power over winter and you know that your Dahlia tubers are being stored in a place that has a heater keeping it warm, you really, really need to remember to check that heater um, to make sure that that heater has turned back on when your power comes back on. Because not all of them do. Um, so, and and when they don't turn back on, it's it's not good. <laughs> so, keep that in mind. Don't forget. Set in a set a timer. Set an alarm. Do something. Um, Put a little sensor in your cooler so that you can, you know, see when, you know, the temperature drops low. Um, they make these things on Amazon where um, a light turns on if, you know, the temperature gets low. Um, people use them in their ho their vacation homes when neighbors are watching, um, keeping an eye on the house for them. Um, they work. They work quite well. So little things like that that we learn along the way from things going wrong. Um, today's episode has kind of uh, just been flying from the seat of our pants. <laughs> not sure if you could tell, but I did I did not have scheduled or drafted notes prepped for this episode. Um, and it was just kind of a, a, an us doing the thing. So the thing is over now. Um, and uh, that's all that I have for today. So um, I hope we've covered some topics that are helpful, beneficial, beneficial, and, and hopefully a little useful for you um, to to uh, implement into your program or to keep in mind or to keep you calm, hopefully, um, at this point in the season two. So next week, we're going to be talking about growing butterfly ranunculus, which is going to be so much fun. Um, I do really enjoy butterflies, and I think we're also going to cover romance ranunculus, too. Um, and... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll dive into those. I know that one of the early begin in the beginning, one of the early episodes was, uh, just a blanket topic of growing ranunculus. Um, but I think it's time that we kind of break that down a little bit and kind of focus on more of the specialty, specialty pieces. So that's what we're going to do starting next week. So until then, I hope you have a great day, a great weekend, great week, wherever you are finding yourself at right now. Um, and uh, if you have questions, you can let me know. My contact information is in the description for this episode. Um, otherwise, I'll see you next week. So have a good one. Bye.